This is A Mind Controlled Life, a podcast for anxiety sufferers everywhere. Wake up each day feeling less and less anxious, but with more and more control with your host, Elaine Blidgen. Welcome to A Mind Controlled Life. I'm your host, Elaine Blidgen, and this is episode number two. Yay! Okay, today's title of the podcast is Who Chooses What You Feel? Who Chooses What You Feel? The immediate answer to that could be, probably is, well, me. I choose. But if you have anxiety or you've had anxiety for any length of time, I think you'll agree with me when I say that we may believe that we choose what we feel, but actually we react to the externals. And then it becomes we react to what we think inside our heads. And so we don't actually truly believe we choose what we feel. We believe that everything else dictates to us how we should feel in that moment. And this was absolutely me for the majority of my life. Because before I got into all this self-helpness, I believed that I created other people's reaction and they then dictated how I should feel. And it was then that I felt helpless and hopeless and started to feel more and more anxious because I knew at some level that I couldn't always make my mom be in a good mood or my friends like me or the people that I was around regard me in any way whatsoever. And so I felt out of control. And you will know that control is the biggest issue anxiety sufferers have. And it doesn't matter what level of anxiety that you experience. We want to feel, we want to be in control. But if something else outside of me chooses how I feel, how can I be in control? And the answer is, I couldn't. And so then we start with, various behaviors that try to mitigate that feeling of helplessness and hopelessness. And so my mind at that time was being controlled by external events, by how other people saw me, how they treated me, what they did, what they didn't do, what they said, what they didn't say, even television programs. And in the last podcast, I talked about the weather and that was true. That was true for a long time, years of my life, where the weather controlled my emotional state. Does it still control yours? Did you even know it did, if it does? So what do we do with this now? Well, the concept of choice is that we should, I'll put that in inverted commas, should be able to choose how we react in any situation. But I am sure you already know that as much as you would love that to be true, 
you know that if your neighbour plays their music too loud at two o'clock in the morning, you are not going to be in a very good mood. You're going to react to that, aren't you? Most of us do. And choice is gone. They control your reaction. How did this even start? Most of the anxiety, most of my clients' anxiety, and definitely mine, started way, 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 way back when we were younger and we didn't know what we didn't know. And we couldn't because we were children. So we'd go to school or we'd go to some sort of club or we'd go to church. We'd hang out with our cousins or friends. And how they interacting with us had a lot to say about how we felt about ourselves at that time. Because you know when you go into see, to get to senior school level, age rather, and it really is important that you fit in with your friends. What's happened up until that point in time, whether you feel that you are at choice or not, has a big impact on how you are in your peer group. And for me, at that time, everything and everybody I took personally. Well, I say, what I mean is, if something, quote unquote, bad happened, somehow it was my fault. If I had to go and do something new, I'd go into a panic. Because what if? If somebody looked at me in a way that I thought they were displeased with me, I would just feel bad. And this happened all the time. This wasn't just on an odd day here and there. This was every single day consistently for years and years and years and years and years. And so as much as I would love to say that, yes, I choose how I feel. No, I didn't. No, ah, sorry. Yes. Yes, I do. But at that time, I believed that other people, the events in my life, they were the reason I felt as I felt. So I didn't give myself that power to know that I was actually choosing that. Does that make sense? So if you ever get into a bad mood with a friend, a relative, your loved one, your children, the TV program, whomever, You are abdicating your power to that thing and it is not always conscious because I don't know about you, but I have yet to be around anyone that says and means it and lives it that we are at choice. I mean, I read it. I read it a lot in all the self-help books that I used to read, but I didn't internalize it to the extent where it was true. It was just something I knew, I'd heard about, I'd heard of, but it wasn't actually in me within my life. As far as I was concerned, that person did that thing and now I feel bad. It was them that made me feel bad. I was giving my power to them, but it was it was them. It was their fault. And because when they were nice to me, I felt good. I felt better. I felt fine. But when they weren't nice to me, I felt upset. I felt hurt. And so as children and very young teenagers, 
this is what happens and we internalize it but then we do not have other people around us necessarily saying to us or maybe even living the truth that we choose that and it may be hard for you to believe me to hear this but it's true you choose how you feel so I also know that it's not as simple as that you've heard the word belief and you know if you've read any amount of self-help books that if we believe one thing we will react and act in accordance with those beliefs but what are those beliefs what are beliefs beliefs are a perception a way of seeing a particular situation and what we believe about it is what we'll see so if you believe that you are powerless if you believe that other people are responsible for how you feel if you believe that things make you anxious things make you scared if you believe that black dogs are dangerous then you can only react in accordance with those beliefs you can't act react in any other way I am sure that you know of someone who doesn't want to go to work. They want to stay at home. And I'm not talking about stay at home parenting. I'm talking about people who just do not want to work. They believe that they should be able to stay at home and not have to go to work because work is boring, work is hard, work is unfulfilling, whatever those other beliefs are. So they accumulate they come together in one behavior I am not going to go to work it doesn't matter what you say your argument with them not arguing as in a a negative argument I mean more like a debate about well you should go to work because you know it's a it's a good thing to do it's good for your self-esteem you earn more money you've got more freedom in as much as you can choose where you live depending on how much you earn and so on and so on and so on. You can have all these good arguments. But if they have a belief that, no, I believe that I should be able to stay at home and not have to work, that's what they will do. And there is nothing you can do about that. Because only when they want to choose a different way of living will they then have to look at that belief and change it to then have a different behavior. So if you've ever wondered why you find it difficult to change something within you, this is where you need to look. A lot of self-help books out there, and it's not really the fault of the self-help industry, is based on this superficial idea that if we write affirmations 300 times a day, that somehow we will change. And it can, it can, it can have an effect, but it doesn't create proper permanent long-term change this is about changing your beliefs your perceptions your way of seeing the world this and honestly that's the only way you can change if you look at any of your past behaviors if you've looked at any of your then and nows and you come to the conclusion, ah, ah, I found one, I found one. I used to do that then, and now I do this, and I don't even think about it. The only way that then could be a successful now 
is because you change some beliefs. Now, you may not know how you've done that, which is fine, fair enough, very few of us do. But that is the only way you can create change. So if you have anxiety, you have anxious thinking. You have anxious thoughts. You have anxious making beliefs. And I know you've heard of the term self-limiting beliefs, but this it's the same thing. This is all the same thing. You have thinking inside your head that makes it okay, right, and normal to get anxious in a situation. And once you have that belief and then you practice that over and over and over again, it becomes so quick that you don't even hear the internal workings of your mind creating that belief for you. It's just there. You just feel it. So I gave you an example in the last episode about how I used to feel driving my car across an intersection, in, especially in the winter. And I could only feel anxious. I could only have a panic attack at the thought of it because of what was going on in my head. If I didn't have this in my in my head, if it was, if I just had, it's okay, um, or it's normal, or even it's just, that's what you do, you just drive, then I wouldn't have had a panic attack and I wouldn't have felt anxious about it. Does that make sense? So I know you'll get intellectually that, oh, obviously, if that person is in a bad mood and they're taking it out on you that yeah you can choose how you feel about that but emotionally no you may not yet get this but that's where you need to be so what makes you anxious then about that well this is a tricky thing because it's your own internal voice I don't know if you have the experience but you probably do actually of your parents and you'll be having a conversation with one of your friends and they'll say something, i.e. this is a trigger, they'll say something and you'll say, oh, that's exactly what my mom would say. And then it transports you back to a situation where your mom said this thing and it was like it's just happening right in front of you, but it could have been a week ago, a year ago, a decade ago. But it's so ingrained in you, you think, oh, that's what she would say. It's exactly the same way. And you may then notice it brings up those same feelings that you had then, but it's now. What does this mean? It means all, and I mean all of your anxious reactions are from way, way, way back then. And they're happening in the now. So I say that again, because I know that this is a bit of the more advanced level of the self-coaching. Your reactions now, it's not about the thing that's happening now. I didn't get that car reaction when I learned to drive. I got that reaction to certain situations and I transferred it to driving in a car in the dark in winter at a time of the year but that just didn't happen because I happened to learn to drive and buy a car and drive the car the seeds for that were planted years before and it just manifested itself in that situation because I didn't have a fear of 
let's see what other people have a fear of balloons for instance I never developed anything that made me scared of a balloon I don't have a fear of flying and yet when I went on holiday once with my sister she had a crippling fear of flying and she was panicking for the entire flight I didn't it just didn't bother me I just don't have that so I had not developed the association to flying and dying like my sister had it just was not there so we learn these and the only place that you can change that reaction is if you find the beliefs that keep it propped up. When I talk to my clients about this, I like to give this this, this usual analogy about the stool. A stool has three legs and a chair has four legs, typically. And if you imagine that each one of those legs is a belief or a belief um, structure, because there's more than one belief makes up a belief structure. And if you were to take one of those legs away from the stool, and two legs away from the chair, it would topple over and it would fall. And that would collapse that belief. And it would make it very difficult for you to feel what you felt at the time when you felt it, if that makes sense. Yes? Right. So, your intervention now needs to be at such a level that it's shaving bits away from those legs, or it's just toppling one of those legs and just getting rid of it. So you know that saying, they, um, what was the saying? Swept, you pulled the rug from right from under me, so you fall over. It's the same sort of idea. And this is why I was able to go from someone with panic attacks, OCD, generalized anxiety, social anxiety, insecurity, and paranoia, to someone who I would now consider myself to be pretty normal, pretty average in all of those respects. It wasn't that I knew intellectually that, of course, it's not the weather that's making me feel bad. It's me that's making me feel bad. It's because I knew that emotionally. I was able to change that thing inside me that made it so that the weather didn't have that effect anymore. I then, I didn't have to then take my affirmations out and read the affirmations and write down every single day that, it's okay if the weather's not good. It's okay if the weather's not good. I am calm and I am at peace, which is a typical way in which you can come at these things. This was do my intervention, find that belief that's propping that up, or say find those beliefs that are propping this up. Get rid of them. Well, change them, reframe them. And so I can now be okay in any kind of weather I can be okay when I'm driving my car and it's dark and it's in the winter and I can even be okay if I'm driving in a place where I do not know because that was another thing I had about driving I used to get panicked about that too so are you beginning to maybe believe that you choose what you feel even though it can seem that somebody who's been awful to you and saying horrible things or doing something really horrible and it changes your state that they are choosing how you feel. I had a really hard time with this because I'd listened to certain people in the self-development world and they would say, 
what I'm saying to you now, essentially. And I say, no, no. I mean, I could always find an exception that proved that they were wrong and I was right. So I'm not saying that this is going to be an easy concept for you to understand, but just believe me that when you get to the other side of anxiety and you realize, ah, yes, ah, I am choosing it. It may be very quick and it may be unconscious, but I am choosing it. It empowers you. And it reminds me of this thing about forgiveness. I grew up with a lot of resentment. And with resentment, the other person, I'm holding them responsible for something, yeah? And so the solution to that from the books that I read at the time was to forgive. And the forgiveness part that I, the part of forgiveness that I didn't really understand was, well, why? If they've done it, then I'm right. I'm right. But forgiveness isn't about them. It's always about us. It's about me. And if I forgave that person, I would immediately be free from ever feeling anything negative around them ever again. Now, at the time, there was no way I could do that. I had to learn a lot before I could get into the place of forgiving people. And it's true. And it's true about your beliefs and the way you react in your life can only, only come from what you believe about a situation. So for instance, I have vague memories of this, but when I was about five or six, something like that, I was in infant school anyway. I knew I was in infant school and I was playing out and I saw a black dog coming towards me, but that's all I remember. What I know is that I still have a scar on my knees where I panicked, fell over, cut my knees, and I had to go to hospital and get stitches. I was told that bit, but the only bit I remember is I saw a black dog and it was coming towards me. So you tell me what beliefs I then developed around black dogs, and it's not positive. Yeah, because I've got the black dog as an image. It's coming towards me. It's probably barking. And I've got blood on my knees. I've got pain in my knees. Do you think that I would have made an association that was positive about playing outside on my own and or with around black dogs? You'd be right if you said, no, I don't think you would have a positive association unless I'd already been brought up with dogs and I knew that was just a, a random action. Wasn't brought up around dogs. It wasn't a random, well, it was a random act. But I grew up for years being scared of dogs. And especially black dogs. Not the little tiny chihuahua things. I wasn't scared of those. But any sort of average sized dog, especially if it was black, I would be scared of and I would avoid. I would cross over the road. I would try not to give it eye contact. Or if I had to walk past somebody with a dog on a lead, I would hold my breath. So who chose how I felt then? Did I choose it or was it the dog's fault? Now this dog 
happened when I was a you know six year old I'm much more I'm much older than that now so is that dog still choosing how I feel or am I choosing how I feel the only way that I could change that and I'm laboring the point here is I had to figure out what I believed about myself in that situation and then I had to change that so in your intervention in your self-coaching are you able to do that? Because if you're not, then you need to find something else that will give you that level of control over your mindset. And with that in mind, actually, if you go to my site, which is elainebligion.com, and you can sign up, you can actually download. Now, this is the longest title ever in history. It's called the 10... I actually can't remember it without looking at it, but it's the Anxiety Sufferer's 10-Minute Anxiety Self-Coaching Tool, something like that anyway. You'll see it. And it's the script that I still use, just not that often, I use it with my clients, that helps you to get to the unconscious level and to calm down the anxiety. Now, it's only in one specific situation because we have very, very, we have lots of different contexts in where we can be triggered into anxiety. But this is good if people trigger your anxiety, which for me was major. And interestingly enough, for my clients too. So you can go to my site and you can download that and you can read through, it's a 10 minute self coaching script. And it will help you to figure out some of those beliefs. It will help you to reframe, because I know you've heard of reframing. You can look that up and see what actual reframing means. And it will help you to do that, but not at a superficial level once you know how to use it properly. And you can compare it to what you're using now and see if the questions that you have been using for yourself or those little tips and those techniques that you've been using give you what you need. Because I have said this before, and I will keep saying the same thing. The only criteria in which you can judge what you're doing now is whether it's giving you the results. If it's not eliminating anxiety triggers, not just helping you to manage it, not helping you to just to overcome some of it, but eliminating it so you don't never have to think about that situation again. If it's not giving you that, that you need to find something that does. And the script that you'll find on my site is one of those once you learn how to use it properly. And I'll be going through various podcasts, giving you more hints and tips and ideas about how to make it work better for you. So with that in mind, let me talk about a then and now. Have you ever been ignored? Well, I know you have. I used to get so upset when people ignored me. It didn't matter who that people was. And in order to try and never feel ignored, I would put myself in a situation where I wanted that person to like me. So I became a people pleaser, not just from this thing. This was one of the many strategies I used that I thought would help me to not feel anxious and upset and just plain horrible about myself. If anybody, anybody didn't include me in their group or what they were saying or doing, I would immediately with like 
a blink of an eye, feel upset and hurt. And then, and then the rumination would start. Well, they don't like me because I'm not tall enough. They don't like me because I'm this. They don't like me because I'm that. And then what happened over time, I would then anticipate that this group of people, so it could be the girls that, or that I was friends with, it could be the women that I worked around, it could be a bunch of guys at, at a club, it could be just about anybody. It could be somebody at the bus stop for, for, for goodness sake that they wouldn't like me. So again, anticipatory anxiety. I would then start to feel self-conscious and insecure around people. What would stop me from feeling as bad as if they included me? And, and I'm talking irrational here. This is talking about irrational stuff. Because I was expecting to go to stand at a bus stop and I'd see two, three people talking. And you know, especially in the UK and especially in the North, we will talk to just about anybody and we'll say, morning, morning, how are you doing? It's nice weather, bus is late, whatever. And we'd have some sort of conversation. If that person did not look at me, and listen to this carefully, this is how weird it gets. We're all strangers, right? Actually, let me give you a real, real example. I, as a female, the NHS is fantastic. So we get to a certain age and we can go for screenings of various types. And I went for a particular screening and there were, let me just think, three, three, four other ladies waiting. We had to wait in, a, in, a, in line before the doors opened so we could sit in this cubicle waiting for the nurse to see us so we were outside it was a nice day so it was anything like that so we were outside and we were having a conversation and there's always one person that starts the conversation going isn't there doesn't matter where you go there's always that person that starts the conversation and everybody else joins in so this lady starts the conversation and we all join in and I say something then and nobody says anything. <laughs> they don't say anything. And it's like, oh. And the person that started the conversation in the first place, the other, is it three or four ladies, turn and look at her and continue talking to her. Oh my goodness, did I feel bad. That triggered me to feeling so insecure. I mean, so insecure that it stayed with me for a long time until I figured out how to get rid of it. But we're talking about complete strangers. We're talking about a situation where, yeah, of course, you know, I cannot control that. But as far as I was concerned, because they didn't acknowledge what I had to say, and they, the other lady had something more interesting, and they all joined in with what she had to say, that was it. I felt bad. And so that the rest of the time there, I didn't say anything. And I just listened to them have a conversation. I just opted out. Yeah, opted out of that conversation. I couldn't cope with it. And in my head, even though I sat there and I had, well, I, I, I think I had a smile on my face. I don't know if I did. I probably tried to make sure that I didn't look like I was upset by it because I was. I went in, saw the nurse, went home and I replayed that situation over and over and over again for the 
the rest of that day, the rest of the next day, the rest of that week. And in fact, I kept replaying that situation in every situation in which there were females. Now imagine that, imagine that. And so I would then just be feeling horrible. And it got to the, to the point where it was them. They were making me feel bad because they weren't including me. So where did my feeling of choice and empowerment go? It, well, it certainly wasn't with me, was it? It was only later that I, when I put together my own system, which is called the anxiety recalibration method, that I was able to undo that. Because you think that as adults, what we feel just suddenly disappears because we can logically say, oh, it was just, you know, they didn't mean it, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't go. It stays and it gets, it just sort of, it's like a snowball. It collects a bit more snow and it, it rolls and it collects a bit more and a bit more and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger in different situations if you don't do something about it. So now I can be with people and let's just say, well, no, if not, if let's just say I actually, before the lockdown used to go and I was around different people and I'd sit there and one person would know somebody else and they would completely ignore me. I remember this woman just completely ignored me. Very, very strange. But anyway, she completely ignored me. Even when I said, hi, how are you? <laughs> she just ignored me. But tell me, how do you think I feel now? I feel fine. Do I like being ignored? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I consciously chose to change how I perceived me in that situation. So it didn't bother me. And it doesn't bother me. So you can ignore me. <laughs> I won't like it, but it doesn't bother me if you can catch there's a difference. So that's my then and now. What's yours? Do you even have a then and now when it relates to other people that make you feel insecure or scared or fearful or whatever? And what's it like now after you've been working on it for however long you've been working on it? So I know now that I can go into a situation and it doesn't have to be that everyone includes me, which is absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. There is nothing better than knowing that other people are not controlling how I react. I am controlling how I react. So that's my then and now. And I'd like you to listen to this again. and. Go through yours and see if your intervention is giving you what you want to need. And that reminds me, actually, share this podcast with someone. Do you know, people do not get us because we may look like we are in control and that we are okay on the outside. And I'm admitting what it's actually been like on the inside. And if you are around someone or people and they don't get you, share this with them and say, this is what I'm, this is what I'm like. This is what I can be like you know, and subscribe to the podcast because I'll be here for a while, a few months, years, decades, who knows? Anyway, remember that a mind-controlled life is a life where you can wake up each day feeling less and less anxious, but with more and more control. Speak to you soon.